0: What's in store for your business this week at Staples?
1: doing business like a CEO while saving like a CFO. Staples has all the supplies you need to run your
2: business like a boss at prices that'll make your bookkeeper smile. Now that is an achievement. Everything from markers and pens to 2019 desk calendars.
1: And right now a 12
3: pack of Sharpie markers and an eight pack of Expo dry erase markers are only $4.99 each.
2: At Staples where there's a whole lot in store. Ends $119.19 in store only. What are we going to do us a Church. Our souls need to wake up.
4: We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, "Go into the world."
5: We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality, even though we've been saved from this place.
6: I'm calling on you today in the
7: name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon.
5: If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People, stop and think about it. If hell really and it does. I didn't say that Jesus did. Then
1: don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Or are you just going to
8: sit there and let them burn?
7: All right, we're back once again. This is Chris from Don't Let Them Burn. This is Rory from Don't Let Them Burn. Hello, how's everybody doing tonight? And we got a special show planned for you tonight. So if you want to get in contact with us, it's contact with us is www.dontletthemburn.com The email is questions at don'tletthemburn.com You can also get it at us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Same thing, don't let them burn. Alright. So,
6: so, tonight's show, uh, we're going to be continuing the, the talk that we had about the all-team and the new world order. And before we go, before we delve in, last week we spoke about what was going on in the Book of Genesis. Because if you if you <clears throat> if you look at the All if you, you you see it on the on the, the dollar bill, and you see also the All Sinai a Pyramid, the pyramid um, is very significant. And it's a building that's being built, but it's not finished um, being built. So we looked at that last week. Um, we read from the book of Daniel where daniel he was given um he was given the interpretation of a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he wanted someone to interpret the dream. However, he did not want to tell anyone what the dream was because then they would give him an interpretation. So Daniel went and sought the Lord and the Lord gave him the answer of the dream. And the answer of the dream was he saw a great image and the image started off with a head of gold and as time went on it changed to various metals, to other metals. And the other metals that were there as as you go from gold, you went to gold, silver, bronze, um, iron, clay, clay mixed with iron. So you see there was a progression of um, of value in, in the in the um, the metals that were used in the last it was clay. Now <clears throat> He went on to explain the dream when he talked to Nebuchadnezzar about what's going to happen. Nebuchadnezzar being the first ruler, you say the first world ruler. So this new world order that we we're talking about is nothing new. However, at the time of Nebuchadnezzar, he was, you say, the first God appointed world ruler, the head of gold. But as we go down through as we go down through um, and see the interpretations that he gave, we will see that things change. And um, there were different kingdoms that came into play. Now, um, we looked at that, and then we we also looked at, okay, where does this, this all-teen eye and this pyramid, Who's wrong? Where, where did it come from? How did it get to get on the back of the dollar bill? And you know, uh, some people have their speculation and they or they, they speculate that hey it was put there because of this or it was put there because of that or for various other reasons. And they said, look, the other thing that most people say is what, you know, this nation was built on Christian principles. So the question that we have why is that there? I mean, I'm not and I'm not one to throw up a cross or anything, but why isn't a the cross there if it was a so called Christian um origin in its origin? Because it's not Christian in its origin. Because as we spoke we, we're gonna play a couple of clips um a little later and you're gonna see that hey, these men are saying we want to we want to do something that has been started that was started a long time ago, and we want to bring this thing to fruition, and we're working hard to do it. And one of the, the past presidents, I think um, President Bush Senior, came out, gave a wonderful speech, and when he said it, everyone was like, "What?" And I even remember what, where I was that night. I was in my car, and he said, "You know, the new world of order." And that's the first time I've heard Like I The New World Order. The al you know. So the New World Order and the al The Al-Sinai is the capstone. The capstone that is not even placed on the pyramid. It's above the pyramid. It's like it's hovering above the pyramid. You can almost say it's like a god. Yeah. And if you look at the pyramid, the pyramid is made by men. So we can actually say the gods and men coming together, so to speak, yes, that's one, one way yeah. to look at it or that like 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 some people take the sons of God and the daughters of men mm-hmm. so the, the, there are some some major um some major symbolism that's
8: going on there,
6: and it 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 goes on throughout the entire parallelbel. we have the thirteen states. We have the 13 stars above the eagle's head. We have the 13 uh, arrows. We have the 13 pieces of the olive bread. And the 13 goes on 13 in the in the pyramid. And they, are, they all have a meaning. There's a meaning behind everything. Now, tonight, we're not going to go that far and give you all of that information. If you want that information, you got to go look for yourself. While we are here tonight, we are here to show you what the word of God says pertaining to the things in these kingdoms that are to come. That's our only focus. We don't have an axe to grind with anyone else. My, Our being here, sharing with you, is just to share with you the word of God and to get ready for his return. And
7: just to go back to the tower of Babel, you have to understand that Nimrod, this person that over the tower uh the help a building uh, the king of this 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 city and this 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 great thing that they're building to reach um God and if you look into uh the and the the the, the, the 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 history behind that you'll you'll get a a brand new understanding of, of what that is so look up Samaram and so we're going to give you the right. of God, we're also going to give you a couple of uh, pagan origins just to reflect back on what we talked about last week.
6: Right, so um,
7: um, what Chris is talking about, he's talking about
6: Semiramis, and he's talking about, um, he's talking about, that's the mother of, of um, I can't even remember, that's the mother of um, Nero.
7: Yeah, that's it's, a, mom. it's a long story. So, but
6: so they, they started, she started yeah. a new religion? Yeah. So now, no, that's not the mother of Nimrod. That the wife of Nimrod. Sorry, the wife no, of Nimrod. I think it's the mother.
7: It's the yeah, because it was some, it was some incident going on, and what, whatever it is, I'll she's there. She's anything. there. I can't remember exactly, but she's there.
6: And the main, the main focus is that we're going to play the clip from the word. But here's what happens: God told them to go and be, be fruitful and repopulate the earth. And instead of doing that, they wanted to do their own thing. Right. Now, <clears throat> just um, go back in the scripture in the book of Genesis, we see where they came out of the flood. We talked about um, the scripture talked about Shem, Ham, Japheth, how um, they uh, all came out with their families afterwards. And God had just Judge the world by flooding the world. You know, sin doesn't happen any place. And when I was looking at this particular scripture, I said, man, things must have really gone haywire for God to have judged the earth by flood." And we said, wow, at least let's look at Noah. A man, you would say, he was the one who... um, He was following God. He was the only man on the face of the earth that followed the Lord. So Noah, he had his three sons. I think that was a great example. But soon, from Noah got out of that ark to his grandson, just his grandson, there was a a switch with one particular one, and they went to the plain of Shino. And this is what we're going to talk about tonight when we're talking about the uh, the opening and the new
4: world We're chapter 11 and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of shinar and they dwelt there and they said one to another
3: go to let us make brick and burn
4: them thoroughly and they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar and they said
9: go to Let us build a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth.
4: And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said,
10: Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to... Let us go down, and there
8: confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech.
4: So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. So you see, God wasn't pleased with man what we're
7: trying to do, and Anything they put their mind to, they will accomplish. So, we have this plan where everybody spoke one language, and then there God confounded, and then I mean, uh, some of the other languages in that one place. I mean, if, you're, if you understand history, you know, there's only one race that's the human race, and then we are, we, are, we branch out from breeding and, and uh, multiplying on earth. So we all went our separate ways across the waters and, and all these other places. So, you see, now there's a push to go back to one language. But we're going to come to that, come back to that later. Yeah, so um, we, like we like you
6: said, we saw where the people gathered. And in this particular place, it was between the Tigris and the Euphrates, this came very lush. They had everything they they needed. And God had told them before, hey, go back, repopulate the earth. They said, no, we're not doing that. We want to build a tower that reaches up to the heavens. I looked at it. and I said, wow, here it is. Everyone there by three generations would know of the flood, would have known of. So this particular place was straight out rebellion. If you go back early in the book of Genesis, you'll see where Lot, when he was taken, he was taken by some of the same guys that came on the plain of Shinar. And and, um, Abraham had to go and get him. Most amazing when you look and see that this is where the enemy has set up his camp on the planet. And the people, their main focus, their main goal was to build something that got up to them. And some scholars have said that it was a ziggurat, which is like a pyramid, which is like a pyramid that they built because it says that they got they got brick and they burned the brick. and And so they were building something that was for a very, very, very long time. Okay? And it's also...
7: I that kids have these wild um, sexual parties. They're trying to get some type of supernatural energy. At least that's what they think they're getting.
6: Well, one of the things that we can actually see here, just by looking at Genesis 11, is that, like I said, rebellion is going on there. Once rebellion is going on there, it comes in closer. So you have these other things that are also going on. You see, you just you don't throw out God and expect for there to be order. There can't be order if God is not in
11: in there.
7: Exactly. And and remember this this um pyramid or ziggurat wasn't finished as we started off. The the pyramid on the dollar and the eye over it, it shows that there is an unfinished pyramid. These Masons, they or Illuminati, or and they have like a thousand other names. The they, their work isn't finished. Or the great architect, who they who they see as God, who really useful. The the, the the job is not
6: finished, but they
7: have. his um, what's the word for I don't know the word. His, word. Um, <laughs> it's like his blessings in a sense. Well,
6: yes, they have that, um, they're, they're saying that he's watching over us, so to speak. I can't remember the exact phrase. But what I get stuck on is that how come they don't want to follow the Lord? That's what I look at. How come they do not want to follow God? Because they are not the seed. They're not the seed. They're the seed of someone else. They're the seat of someone. Else.
7: That's what's going on. Okay. All right. So having a couple um, technical difficulties, trying to get this volume right. So bear with us, please. Okay. So we're going to move on, and we're going to play the next clip. Okay. All right. So this is the top New World Order quote, right? Okay. Yes.
10: Yeah. well, let's move. We on. have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations. A new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders.
9: It is a big idea,
10: a new world order. A world in which there is a very real prospect of a new world order.
8: After
7: 1989, President Bush said, and it's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world
4: order. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once, and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order.
11: So that the problem of the Bush presidency will be the emergence of a new international order. Within the next four years, we will see the emergence of a new international order. The beginning of a new international order. The pieces are in flux.
0: Soon they will settle again. Before they do,
11: let us reorder this world around us. I think his task will be to develop an overall strategy for America. In this period, when really a new world order can be created, it's a great opportunity, it isn't such a crisis. It's about the
12: future of Europe and a new world order.
11: There's a need for a new world order, but it has different characteristics in different parts of, of the world. But today, with Asia already outproducing Europe, India and China are clearly becoming part of our new order. We are now facing a common challenge and the challenge is how to build a world order for the first time in history on a global basis. So in conclusion ladies and gentlemen, a new world is emerging. It is a new world order with significantly different and radically new challenges.
8: The affirmative task we have now is uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. Good evening, everybody. President Obama and British Prime Minister Gordon today calling for a new world order to tackle our global economic crisis.
2: And the president outlined his vision of a new world order
13: in which the U.S. would participate fully. We've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of... Uh, Uh, world order that I think all of us would like to see. So I see a world order
2: in the future with a multipolar world order.
11: I think a new world order is emerging and with it the foundations of a new and progressive era of international cooperation.
2: But in a globalized economy, we are going to have to take global responsibilities and there is going to have to be some semblance of global governance.
4: Never before has a new world order had to be assembled from so many different perceptions or on so global a scale, nor has any previous order had to combine the attributes of the historic balance of power system with global democratic opinion and the exploding technology of the contemporary period. And I strongly believe India will be a central actor in the new world order. There
11: also exists an extraordinary opportunity to form for the first time in history a truly global society.
9: 2009 is also the first year of global governance with the establishment of the G20 in the middle of the financial crisis. The climate conference in Copenhagen It's another step towards the global management of our planet. New
3: World Order is the headline in the Globe and Mail in Canada.
9: Is this global governance at last? Is it one world, the central bankers in charge? But aren't we all just living and dying for what the central banks do? Of
10: course we are. We
9: are absolutely
10: slaves to central banks. Vice President Joe Biden calls the newest graduates of the Air Force Academy strategic thinkers as well as warriors, and the future of the new world order.
8: It allows us to refocus our intelligence and military assets and resources to other parts of the world where they are needed, where we face new challenges. This is the world you are graduating into. This is what I want to talk about today with you for a few minutes. I believe we, and particularly you, your class, has an incredible window of opportunity to lead and shape a new world order for the 21st century in a way consistent with American interests and the common interests.
3: During an event honoring the 223rd anniversary of Poland's Constitution last night, Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel said we are seeing a new 21st century world order being built, and although there are conflicts and complications, there's still hope.
8: I think what's more hopeful, and maybe than any other time in the history of the world, is that we have more opportunities and more possibilities and more resources.
13: We meet here at a moment of testing for Europe and the United States, and for the international order that we have worked for generations to build. I congratulate you on taking your place on the long gray line. But the world is changing with accelerating speed. This presents opportunity, but also new dangers. It will be your generation's task to respond to this new world.
3: Over the last two years, journalists and activists have been fighting a specific provision in the annual National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA, through a lawsuit called Hedges v. Obama. It's called Section 1021B, otherwise known as the Indefinite Detention Clause, which gives the U.S. military the right to indefinitely detain U.S. citizens anywhere in the world including right here in America.
5: This not only attacks your First Amendment rights, it attacks your Fifth Amendment rights, your due process clause, because this gives not the U.S. government, but the U.S. military the right to detain you, and uh, indefinitely, with no due process.
2: Now, when I was in America, um, I don't often say this, but I might as well say it here tonight. My driver, who has carried all the prophetic preachers across America before me, told me, he said, every time we get to a bridge, you watch. And we went through 38 states in two and a half weeks, and every bridge we got, went near, there were men working underneath it, putting in steel girders. He said that is for the United Nations tanks that are going to come in and take over America shortly. Is everybody clear what I'm saying tonight? This goes on tape. The whole of America will be inundated with the United Nations troops. In fact, they're training now.
3: Heavy artillery rocked downtown Tampa today as military gunships and helicopters
4: roared by the Convention Center. Now, this is all part of the annual Special Forces Operations Convention while it wasn't a real invasion, Chris Trankman says, it looked about as real as it could get.
2: This was different. Uh, This was a first for me. (laughs) Usually no one sees what we do.
4: The display featured Apache helicopters speeding overhead, while bigger Blackhawk choppers carried highly trained operatives as part of a make-believe invasion. In the distance, they must travel to the target. The
10: spectacle rivals any show
7: so there you go. This, these are the same clips we played from last week. So why are we playing it again? We just want, want you to, want to emphasize that this new world order is a real thing. The human nature likes to build, colonize, and monopolize. Whereas God told Adam to multiply, diversify, spread out, and fill the earth. Men like to impact, while women like to their desire to rule over their husband. Just the same thing all over again, but the Spirit of God is always working on the contrary order, moving. When men build, it is to their praise, like Nimrod did at Babel. So the current world order is about building man things,
6: or building things that glorify men and nothing that glorifies God, and that's the stark difference between following God and following oneself or doing whatever you want to do, which is not honoring God.
7: So how how do we honor God? If we're we're Christians, we honor him with our praise. We, We honor him with our worship, with our bodies, with our life. We need to take good notice of what's going on around us. And just we're just going back again to the origins of these 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 symbols that just, they're all around us, but we don't notice them because we haven't been told about them or we didn't study them before. So now we're, we're kind of like opening the eye. So you, see, you see, Satan, like we said last week, wanted to open the eye of Adam and Eve so they could have, so they could be like gods, gods right and and one of the things that
6: we we like we just said is that man again they just want to do what they feel is right in their own eyes however but it it takes a lot and and the word of god says hey if you love your life you will lose it but you know what christ said my yoke is easy and my burden is light you know learn of me and God is so real that all we have to do is give him, a, give him an opportunity. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father but by me. So one of the things we looked at is that in this, in, in this building, that these, this great undertaking that men have done over the course of these years, is that they're trying to build a utopia that is not one that honors God. And God is saying, if we go back and look at the book of Daniel, in the book of Daniel, God is saying, hey, listen, if you don't do that, here's what's going to happen, or this is what's going to happen. And it started out with Nebuchadnezzar, and it's, I, we don't know who it's going to end up with. Well, we, we do. The word says you're going to have this this false Christ that's going to come. And what's going to happen is that God himself is going to come down and he's going to wipe them out, wipe out everyone, because the the thing that we have been called to do is we've been called to honor and glory by
7: God. And now, like Rory said, they're trying to build a utopia where the 1% basically towers over everybody else. And they're led by a world leader. There are many movies coming out right now with this utopia type of, um, uh, you know, environment, cities, clean, uh, ergonomic, uh, going green, all that. You know, the futuristic future of tomorrow. There's one coming out soon called Tomorrowland. You take a look at the trailer and you'll see um, what this movie is about. And then you have um, the one with the, the, the giant um space station in the sky where the one percent controls everything and everybody else on the planet is basically sick and diseased. Is that Elysium? That's the Elysium with, with Matt Damon. So these 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 movies um have been uh around for cent I mean not centuries but sorry, but decades.
6: And these thoughts have been these thoughts have been in men's hearts. You know, um and they've continually taught these things to people. But the word of God says, if you seek him, you will find him. And God is so real. He is so real. And we see his attributes on a daily basis. Everything that we see, man has not been able to duplicate, Man cannot replicate anything. And although man has had so much, you could say, power, worldly power and influence, the thing that levels everybody out is that everyone has to die. It's appointed for man, for him to live once and he has to die. And then he has to go before God, his maker, and see what the Lord is saying. This is important. This is very, very important. And it's you cannot we are not able because of the flesh. And 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 this is what when we go back in the book of Daniel, and I keep referring to it, but when you look at Nebuchadnezzar's dream and the interpretation of it in in the book of Daniel, it talked about Jesus Christ, that He was the one that was going to come. The stone that was taken out without hands, without human hands. The stone could not be touched or be carved out with human hands. It had to come from God himself. And Jesus Christ became the sole sacrifice that we could ha- be grafted in. And here is the other thing that, um, the other passage of scripture that comes to mind is in in Psalms, in the book of Psalms, where it says, the stone that the builder rejected. Who is the builder here? The builder is God. God rejected his son so we could be grafted in. And why I picked that particular scripture is because if we look at what we are seeing in this on the dollar bill, we see the all-seeing eye. And that has nothing to do with God. The all-seeing eye has nothing to do with God because God is omnipresent and God is omniscient. And he's able to do Exceedingly, abundantly, all we can ask or think.
7: All right. So now we're going to go into another clip to bring you back into antiquity and show you where this eye comes from.
5: The all-seeing eye, an ancient Egyptian symbol that today has found itself on everything from the U.S. dollar bill to countless Hollywood movies. Although the use of this symbol has skyrocketed in modern times. Its origin and meaning remain shrouded in obscurity for the vast majority of people who are exposed to it daily. How did this enigmatic symbol come to such widespread use while its meaning remained a widespread riddle? Where did this symbol come from? What is its meaning? And why is its use rising? The first use of the all-seeing eye appears in ancient Egypt more than 4,000 years ago. During those times, the all-seeing eye was associated with three separate gods of Egyptian mythology. The first of these deities is Ra, who was both a sun god and a creator god. Most of the stories of Egyptian mythology either relate to him or those in his bloodline. Ra, according to Egyptian myth, is the creator of mankind and also ruled over the gods. He is typically described and depicted as the aging king. One of the stories, relevant to the study of the all seeing Eye, relates to a time in human history where mankind was growing rebellious to the rule of the gods and even began to plot against the aging king Ra. Upon hearing the news that his favored creation was scheming against him, he grew wrathful and unleashes a superweapon of sorts upon mankind. Her name was Sekhmet. Sekhmet, sometimes called Hathor, is the second solar deity connected with the all-seeing eye. She was a powerful goddess, which became the sun god's mighty weapon. Sekhmet came upon humanity in a whirlwind of devastation and carnage. The streets ran red with blood and none, not even the sun god, could stop her. Regretting his decision and fearing the complete annihilation of mankind, Ra decided that the blood-drenched goddess must be stopped. So he schemed to end her rampage by getting her drunk with beer, made to look like blood. is yet another name of this goddess, but it is also the original name for the All-Seeing Eye. The Eye is associated with a third Egyptian god named Horus. The stories told about Horus mainly relate to his quest for revenge against his evil uncle, another god named Set. Set, who is the Egyptian god of storms and darkness, killed Horus' father, Osiris, and illegitimately took Osiris' throne. Horus, the son of Osiris, and rightful heir to the throne, found himself in danger and exiled. In one of the many battles between Horus and his uncle Set, Horus had his left eye gouged out. In some Egyptian accounts, it was the right eye of Horus that was gouged out. The all-seeing eye, often called the eye of Horus, was not only a symbol for the deity himself, but a symbol of protection and well-being. Horus, similar to Sekhmet, is a deity associated with combat and war. After the fall of the great Egyptian civilization, the all-seeing eye fell out of visibility. Thousands of years go by before this archaic symbol once more re-emerges as the logo for a secret society founded in southern Germany called the Illuminati. The Illuminati, founded in May of 1776 by a law professor named Adam Weishaupt, functioned both as a network of spies and a mystic occult order. It was the expressed purpose of the Illuminati to confound and uproot religion and many of Europe's monarchies. The activities of this secret society, however, involved more than espionage and political intrigue. Its inner doctrines and the order as a whole had a mystic and spiritual side. The philosophy of the Illuminati included theurgic magic and was heavily rooted in the Hebrew Kabbalah. Theurgic magic, more commonly known as alchemy, is magic directed towards the self, where the magician uses ritual to increase his intellectual and psychic powers while moving up the alchemical grades of initiation. The Kabbalah is a set of ancient Jewish texts that describe the nature of reality, the rulers of the many dimensions, and a general roadmap of those dimensions called the tree of life. Below this tree of life, in mirrored formation, lies another tree, sometimes called the Klippoth, also known as the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The public face of the Illuminati preached goodwill and brotherhood for all men and submitted to the world that religion and national borders were roadblocks to world peace and the brotherhood of humanity. Some who rejected invitations to join the Illuminati saw the organization in a much more sinister light. John Robison, who was a member of a Freemasonic Lodge in Scotland, was one of those critics. Mr. Robison, Who himself was a professor in philosophy, claimed that he was approached and offered membership into the Illuminati Secret Society. What he soon discovered about the Illuminati troubled him dearly, propelling him to author an exposé on the group. His book, Proofs of a Conspiracy, published in 1778, details his experience within the outer circles of the Illuminati Secret Society. John Robison claimed that some members of the Illuminati had openly boasted that the true ambition and destiny of their organization was to quote-unquote rule the world. He goes on to state that the inner teachings had more to do with the magic and the occult than with politics. He further details how the Illuminati had begun to infiltrate and recruit from Masonic lodges throughout Europe. In his book, John notes how the members of Freemasonry are rarely Masons by profession, and that many individuals who desire to join Freemasonry were after knowledge of a more occult nature.
7: All right, so there you have a, a nice big sum up of what is going on and what it all means. Um, I know there were some big um, topics covered in this clip, but we'll get into those in other shows. But as you see that they, they these people want occult power. Right. And
6: and not only that, but most importantly, it has nothing to do with honoring Jesus Christ. You know, and I read for you before John fourteen six where Jesus said unto him, He said, I am the way. So Jesus is saying he's using the definite article. He is. That's it. I am the way. He is the only way. All these other things that men have come up with or that they have gotten from other places, there is no other way. Jesus Christ says, I am the way. The truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So no one can go before the Father. He is the He is the only way. He is the one that was laid down. He's the Lamb that was laid down for us that we can actually that we can actually come to know Him. The the other things that we talked about we actually see based off of the information that we just the clip that we just played we see that it has nothing to do with honoring Jesus Christ. It has nothing to honor, showing honor and glory to God. It's man trying to do their own thing, do something that is contrary to what God has ordered us to do. So we can actually say, hey, man is still rebelling. Yes. From the days of old, from being on the plane of Shinar, what has changed? And in the clip, they're saying, hey, listen, Languages and all these other things that we have, boundaries of lands, have actually hindered us from coming together as one. I think it was Ronald Reagan that said in one of his speech at the UN where he said, hey, if we could have some force from outer space that would get us all together and on one accord fight whatever it is that's coming at us, mm-hmm. then we would see something that was mighty. And I looked at that and I said, wait, hold, hold, hold on a minute if we got together on one accord and serve god the way we are supposed to serve god it would be amazing we would be able to be in the presence of the living god worshiping in the way that we were supposed to
7: from the very beginning amen so this 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 rebellion continues and you you see this push towards us to talk the same language. And what we've seen uh, in TV shows like Star Trek where you have this universal translator. You can't see it on their person, but when they talk to the alien race or whatever race they're coming across, immediately uh, they know each other's life. They, they, they just translate automatically and they can understand each other. It, it goes back to the same Tower of Babel experience. You know, they were talking one language. So in this Star Trek experience, no matter what world they went to, they had this translator that could just automatically, you know, get these these races talking. And lo and behold, you know, man has been moving towards this same thing for years now. There's um, a, a, a thing um, called Babelfish online. Wait, wait, one second. We have a caller. Caller. Hello? Hello? Can you hear
6: us? Hello? Yes, sir. Hello? Good night. How are you, sir?
0: Ah, oh, Good night, sir. It's been interesting listening to you. I really enjoyed it. It's so, uh, Your presentation has given me so much insight. I just have a little comment. Can you hear me? Yeah,
4: yes, man, we can hear you.
0: you. Okay, I, I think from the the audio clip that you played, I realized that the desire of man to be able, to want to control his environment and his own life and future is not a recent thing. Because I was listening to that clip about the Illuminati, uh, the Freemason, and it's surprising how they've always wanted to dominate and take over. And I think that is consistent with the unregenerated human nature. Mm. The human nature wants to colonize, monopolize, and do without God. Mm. But when there's crisis in the world that God made, we now run to him, begging him to come and intervene. But as soon as he brings solution, we kick him out again. Hmm, yeah, and I hmm, think with absolutely. the advancement of technology, there is this false belief that we've conquered, we've, we we provided solution to every challenge, and we don't need God again. And I think that's where the world
6: is going to us, a world yes, without God. Thank you. Thank you very much for your for your um, for your insight. And I I I believe I understand totally what you're saying and how men have tried to do this for a very long time. This is and I said before, I don't know if you heard, we were talking about Daniel and his dream, uh, the dream that he interpreted from Nebuchadnezzar and how um, you saw the different stages throughout time. So God foreknew all of these things were going to take place. He saw all of these things, all of these things would take place. So he knew what they were going to do. And then he said he was going to send the stone that the builder um that was cut out without any man's hand yeah. to to come and just smote or just to wipe out the efforts of man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> And that's, just, that go
0: ahead. Um, that's where we're heading to. But the good news is that we're not going to be part of that climax.
6: Yes, Amen. When I say Amen.
0: we, I mean those who have come to trust in Jesus Christ, and we realize that our life is not our decision, but it's our discovery. And we're not being fatalistic. We're not. We're not. Uh, escapist. No, we see work hard, we see think and plan, but we're only saying we plan so much, but we see accommodate God in our daily plans because we know ultimately He controls everything.
7: Amen. 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 We thank you for your call and your, yes, sir. your gracious opinions, and in fact, not opinions, facts. um Mm-hmm. And we just we just want to um, encourage you to keep preaching the word, sir. Amen. Yeah, I'm
0: listening to you. It's a great great program. Thank you. Right.
7: Thank you
6: very much. Thank Have you, Nate.
0: Yeah.
7: Bye. All right. Okay, so we're headed into this 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 climax, and we're seeing technology start to merge, just like on Star Trek. Where um, there's there's a place called Babelfish where you could um, just it basically a, it's a universal translator website. But we also have Google Translator where you drop in a line in any language and you translate it to any language that you want. But that, that that's, that's so we see,
6: so basically what you're saying these walls with languages are now coming down. So we are actually heading back to the same place of China.
7: Yes. And the funny thing is, uh, you know, I read years ago that where English is now the common language. But now with this new technology, the the ones I mentioned before, they're okay. They're okay. But what what I'm hearing about now is just something very fascinating. And the technology is developing very quickly on a platform that a lot of you know. I'm just going to play the clip so you can hear what they have to say.
3: Konnichiwa! Rori An upcoming program on Microsoft hopes to break down language barriers by offering automated voice translations through its Skype communication service. Similar to universal translators used in Star Trek and other science fiction, Skype Translator allows people to speak different languages to communicate by voice in real time with the help of speech recognition and intelligent translation technology. Just say something into the mic and Skype will play back an audio translation of your message to your conversation partner, along with an on-screen transcript. Skype Translator will be available in preview from later this month to select Windows 8.1 users who sign up on the program's website. The program launches with English and Spanish as the only two spoken languages and over 40 instant messaging languages. According to Microsoft, the technology behind Skype Translator is designed to learn from its users. So the more people test it out, the more intelligent the program becomes. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Skype Translator is part of Skype's mission to make global communication more accessible. Last month, Microsoft announced Skype for Web, which would make the messenger service functional in a browser. Would you make use of the translation feature? Let us know. And for the latest in tech news, stick with us right here at IGN.
7: All right, so that's a lot of information right there in that little clip. One of the points I want to... Just focus on is this program learns as people uses it. the the part where he said if it sounds familiar, that's from a movie. He he was referencing to a movie called Terminator. And in Terminator, there is a, a um an AI called um Skynet, and Skynet becomes self-aware. That's when the robots take over. In a couple of shows before, we talked about uh, a movie that we we watched um, uh, where. The the AI is is programmed by this super genius, sort of like a, a um, one of the big companies that runs search engines, and he, 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 he and, and he, he makes this AI and he brings in a student to basically um, test the AI, but AI was really testing the student, and then by the end of the movie, the AI killed everybody and got out of the chopper and went into the real world. So, here we have a program where you could communicate and translate in real time. For those that don't know what real time is, that's basically like that, like when you're talking instantly. instantly. Right. So that's phenomenal. now this thing is in its beta stage. So as this program learns and it and it's and it weaves its way through the new Windows ten and whatever whatever else they, they continually update it with. You know, other companies will come out with, with the same similar technology too. And it just makes you wonder, like, wow, we're 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 right at the precipice. Amazing. We're right at the Amazing. precipice. Amazing. So we're talking about the Tower of Babel, and you know the all CGI order. I know the Tower of Babel is kind of like kind of injected in the middle of all that, but it's very important in the the European Parliament building. If you look it up right now on the internet, you'll see that it's in the shape of depictions of the Tower of Babel, it's an unfinished work that's going right back to the eye and the pyramid on the dollar the unfinished work that's what these secret societies believe in even the um there's an e u poster it's depicted, it's it's depicting the Tower of Babel on it and you can look it up the european poster that that um depicts that um and it and it you know it's representing the European nations and things like that so uh, Roy, you want to say anything about the, the clip that we played? Well,
6: yes, I I, I I I listened, and I'm just amazed to see man's heart, which is desperately wicked, in the sense that there, yes, there's nothing wrong with um, translating one's language. There's nothing wrong with that. The the. The the issue is, what is it going to be used for in the long run? Exactly. The end result. The Lord came down and confounded the languages in the Old Testament. We saw that where he had to separate them because he said there was nothing that they wouldn't be able to do because they were on one accord. Now, all the information and all the language would be great would be great um, if they were using it to serve God. So if if it was being used to serve God and honor him, it would be different. But it's not going to be used for that purpose. And that's, that's my take
7: on that. I mean, even in this same parliament building in the European Union, they have an empty seat number. And anybody can guess what that seat number is? Empty seat number 666. And they say they're waiting on the one to come and fill that seat. You know, you can look this up. We're not making this up. <laughs> so everybody is waiting on a leader. You know, we we mentioned this before. Christians, we're waiting on the one and true Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. The the Muslims are waiting for the Mahdi. They they have the um all these all these these these, these other gods are coming uh. Saviors that are not the true Savior, and people are just waiting around, and all of this is building up. Bible prophecy is alive today in our world,
6: and that that all of that is is all of those false religions. And why I say false is this: because if you go through and you line up the Word of God, and you line up the Word of God with prophecies, you will see that every single prophecy that was written of in the Old Testament has been fulfilled. um, The ones that have, have filled, some have been fulfilled already. But there are many more prophecies to come. And you'll see those, there are some in the book of Revelation, there are some in other books in the Bible. And that's the difference. That's how you know that the Word of God is real and it's true. So yes, Christ is, we're waiting for Christ to return. And Christ is the way I told you, is the truth. There's no other truth. Truth, he is the truth, and he is the life. And no man can come, can meet the Father, except by him. So, you know, um, we talked about, um, in Genesis 11, how when God came down, he confounded the languages. We just heard a clip that saying, hey, we're going to be able to pull um whatever language um that you speak that this um machine is going to, or not machine, but the computer is processing, they're going to be able to interpret what you're saying very quickly. So in a second, it's going to play what, what the other person understands. But did this ever happen in the Bible? God came down in the Old Testament, but he also came down in the New Testament. And he came down, or he came down and we see a glimpse of that in Acts two. And I'm gonna play that um for you now. Acts two.
7: Alright. One moment everybody. A little technical difficulty here. And it's almost here. So here it is. God came down in the New Testament and did something miraculous. And no one was prepared for it except for the people that served God. And we're having more technical difficulties. So,
6: one, we'll just go on and, and, and then we'll come back to this particular clip.
7: Okay, so basically mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit came in on the day of Pentecost. Day of Pentecost. And people started speak in each other's language. So if I was a Chinese, I would hear my tongue coming from the other person, which which came from Greece. And they don't know my language. And that was manifested by the Holy Spirit.
6: This, 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 was, only, this was only able to be done by the Holy Spirit. was not able to be done any other way. This is that... the Definitely the hand of God.
7: And here we go. <laughs> Alright. So this one isn't working for us right now. Right. I'm gonna we're gonna get it. Give me about but 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 you get you get the point here. It's like we have a man in the past, one language, God confounded it. So the only person that could bring it back together in the New Testament was the Spirit of God. But man is using, is using its own way to get this done through technology, exactly. artificial, uh, artificial way to sort of, in a sense, supernaturally do it. Well, it that's not supernatural, but anyway, here it sort is. Of. <laughs> Acts two, and when
4: the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans?
10: And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites, and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea, and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Crete and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of
4: God. And they were all amazed, and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. But Peter Standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come.
7: So there you have it. So
6: you see there, God himself was a person that by the Holy Spirit came down and he came down and rested on men and the men started speaking. There was no gadget that was needed. They were speaking, and people from other countries that were there as far as Libya were able to hear and comprehend and hear the wonderful works that God has done. And this, again, was done without a gadget. This was done supernaturally. This was definitely the hand of God. And we went back before where he himself was the one who said, He had to go down and confound the languages in Genesis 11. And here it is, the Holy Spirit comes and rests on the disciples, and they spoke in tongues that they weren't even able to comprehend. And all the people that heard, lives were changed. Men were
7: changed and started following Jesus Christ and just just to mirror that on the other side, and when I said it, it would be sort of supernatural, the technology that they're using, it, is because we, we are supposed to marvel at God. It's, well, you, you heard the clip. They were astonished. What's going on here? And, you know, and in the real world here. All right. Okay, we're back. Technical difficulties again. So we see the world merging the languages swiftly, and th- th- this is this is this is also going along with this new order. Not that not to say that there's people behind there pulling the strings about this universal translator, but there's a lot of things that that go along with this moral order idea, and one of the ideas is peace and security. And the Bible talks about this in the in the last days,
6: right? And they said uh, one of the things that these guys uh, or these men came up with. They said, "Listen, we're building a new world order, an order that the rule of law." Or I can't even remember the clip, but this was w- was brought into um, brought up by Bush Senior, President Bush Senior. And he said, this is what we're going to do. And he, and he came across and said, we are going to succeed, you know, very presumptuously. And we're going to hear what, um, another clip, what these men have to say, and how they're planning to go about, not, not go about
7: it, but what they hope to achieve. All right here we go. Peace and security.
8: For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief.
0: The objective is to have a Palestinian state, of the borders of 1967 that
13: will live in peace and security. The lesson of history is that peace and security do not come
8: easily. Peace and stability uh, that uh, people on all sides long for. Two
10: states for two peoples living side by side in peace and security is not a vague slogan, but a real necessary necessity for the stability in the entire region.
9: Israel and Palestinians, they can live side by side in peace and security. This is our vision and this is our commitment
2: for a new being. peace and security and friendship.
11: My hopes and dreams for Israel are to live in peace, to live in peace and security.
13: Two states living side by side in peace and security. True security for all Israelis, we will also pursue peace between Israel and Lebanon, in peace and security, Israel and Syria, peace and security, and a broader peace between Israel and its many neighbors. Must decide whether we are serious about peace and security. To recognize Israel's legitimacy and its right to exist in peace and security. That's how we will find new pathways to peace and security. That is the work that we must do. In peace and security. Peace and security and and
11: coexistence—a movement towards peace. If we have this triangle: economy, security, and peace, then peace can succeed.
7: Now, I want you to understand that—that's an old clip. That those are old speeches, uh, or you know, taken from old speeches from various different leaders. So, but it it, it says what the Bible says will happen. You know, they're all going to be looking for peace and security and sudden destruction. You know? So, and, and, you you know, I I could have gotten some newer clips where they're just pushing, they're just pushing for this peace talk, peace treaty. It's all over the place. You know, it's making the headlines you know, every week. And What is it all going to lead up to? This one man ruling 10 nations. Ruling over 10 nations.
6: You know, um, I listened to that clip and I, I am just amazed how the word of God is real. And what are the chances of... The word of God, getting the words right, precise, mm. the precise words yes. written hundreds of years before it is even said. Hundreds of years before it even is said. First Thessalonians 5.3 5, 5, says the same thing. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come upon them suddenly. As labor pains on a pregnant woman, they shall not escape. And this was written off, written about hundreds of years ago. Mm -hmm. I I, I keep telling this, and I keep saying it. God is real, His word is real. He said, and I have to go back to it. He says, My ways, I mean, not my ways. He says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father. You're saying, why do I keep saying that particular verse? Because men for a long time have gone, and we have played many clips of men trying to achieve something that only God himself can do through his son, Jesus Christ. So men have used technology, and they have gone ahead and have been using it for a very long time to see how they could make life better um, for themselves, bringing forth this utopia. If you go to some of these secret organizations, they will say, hey, we are doing a great work and the, the great work that they're doing is not the work of Jesus Christ, but they're trying to finish a work that these people were trying to do on the plain of Shinar when God came down and confounded the languages. They were be- taking brick and baking the bricks because in that particular plain, there was asphalt that was there. It said, if you go back and and, and, and look in, in the word, you will see all of these things. But Don't take the word alone for it. Go and do your research for yourself. Or don't take, sorry, don't take my word for it. Go and do the research yourself and you will see that the word of God is real. You know, you will see that it's real. Archaeologists have have gone to this particular place and have looked and have seen that what we're saying or what we're telling you tonight is the truth. On that particular plane, what they were doing there. Jesus Christ, and he said, hey, I am the way. Listen, come. I am the way. I will show you. And this is what men are still running from. And the thing about it is is this. If Jesus Christ said that we are all like filthy rags, there is none of us that's even worthy. wicked. So there's nothing that we could bring to come before the true and living God. We have nothing to bring before a holy God. A God that is so holy that when he looked or when he saw Moses and Moses came to him, he said, take off your shoe because I'm here. This place is now holy. And the thing about it is, is that sin, whatever it is, Whatever sin it is, it doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, this, that. It does not matter. Whatever it is that you're doing that is sinful, God is going to judge the sin. He has to judge the sin. Based off of history, we see what he has done. We see what he has done with the world when he, the, the, the world was flooded. We see that he has to judge sin. And man... If his heart is filled with sin and he's doing these great so called works, works of the flesh, works of the flesh, and the works of the flesh, they only sow more corruption and all the other things go, go along with it. So, this is the reason. For this reason and this reason alone, Christ had to come the first time. He had to come and he had to leave everything that was godly. And he came down to the earth. And when he came, he came that men would have a chance. And that was the only chance. And it was only by, if you go back and you look in the Old Testament, it would say that when they came to atone for their sins, they would have to take the blood of a lamb and sprinkle it on the altar. Well, God sent his own son to be that very lamb. That was killed the altar was the entire world, so no one can say they didn't know, but everybody has heard of the name of Jesus Christ. He didn't come to fight and conquer and kill. He came that everyone would have an opportunity, a chance. He said he came into the world, this was the light, and the light was so shining, um, so bright that when he came into the world, they could not perceive it. They could not comprehend it. They could not understand it. Even the very men or the men that were churched at the time, you would say, or went to the synagogues, they could not understand it. Because he said to them, the stone, and I'm using this particular passage today, the stone that the builder has rejected has become the capstone or the cornerstone. we talking about this because most of these men are talking about a great work they're trying to do a great work but the work that they're trying to do it's a finished work if they come to if they come to know the lord so when christ died he was telling the jews at the time or the, the 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 sanhedrin at the time the stone that the builder has rejected has become the cornerstone the chief cornerstone So, if you know anything about building, is that the cornerstone is where the rest of the structure would be placed on top. And this particular cornerstone, he was saying, Hey, this is the one that the father had rejected. The father had to turn his back on sin. And he came back um, and he died in our place because he was whole, he was without sin, but he was doing it for us. So he came and died for us. And he said, I am the cornerstone. So he was the cornerstone and he was the chief cornerstone. So everything else that's built comes on him and him alone. So when we look, if we go back and we look at the pyramid, one of the things they will tell you, are a mason, one who lays bricks or is building, he would say the cornerstone is important, but this stone that we're talking about, the stone of Jesus Christ, the rock, is that it was cut out, and I said this several times tonight it was cut out without hands, no human hands, because the seed of man was um was tainted, so it could not be used man was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So God could not use the seed of man, so he sent his son, Jesus Christ, not born of a man, coming from the seed of a man, but coming down to earth to save our wretched souls, that we will have a chance, we will have an opportunity to be freed from sin. So men have looked on and said, we can do this, we can do that, but you can't come before God because again, He is so holy, he's so righteous, and He says, "My ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts, um not your thoughts. He is high, he's lofty, and you can see who He is and what He has done for us by allowing us by grafting us in by way of the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's the only way for each and every one of us to be saved. That's the only opportunity that we have.
7: Amen. So, it's a nice illustration there, my brother. And just to go back to the utopian aspect of this whole new world order, they think they're going to create a perfect existence for man through technology, biology, adding a a new um, strand to our DNA, weird things. And just, just just to give you a brief history of how it's been uh, propagated, this idea has been propagated on our uh, society through movies, we're going to take a small little trip through the era of dystopian or utopian movies. And the first one is Metropolis. This was in 1920. Okay, so here we are again, and so the first movie is Metropolis from 1927. It's basically a a silent film, and it's 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 in that it's only it's, it's, rich, it's rich above the, the 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 other people on the planet. It's, it's the same idea over and over again. Same thing in the Hunger Games. As you see in the Hunger Games, you have this rich. Um, society that takes the children and put them against each other to keep peace and security that's, that's that's the basic premise of the whole film hunger games you know you have you know you have a long love triangle simple things that people do all the time then here comes this, this thing called things to come from 1936 how um it's it it it, it imagines a 2036 um where and Barza, Iraq, is the utopian capital, and we are managed finally getting around to visiting the moon and, and all these other things. Um, now, this is 1936, so it's not too far-fetched from what's actually happening right now. Then you have the Time time Machine by author H. D. Wells, which basically, when this guy gets into the Time Machine, he travels so far into the future, he ends up into... Uh, this society where it's um, all white, um, blonde hair, sort of like a Hitler type <laughs> type race, and they, they have, you have these um, monsters that, that that run around and, and kidnap these people. But anyway, that's just another one from 1960. Then in uh, 1973, you have Sleeper. Yeah, he's uh, this this, this guy's frozen in 1973, then defrosted in the 22nd century. Everything in this brave new world is topsy turvy, including a misguided rebellion against the natural leader. Um, then you have, one one second here. You have Rollerball, 1975. This it, it just goes on and on. And Logan's Run, 1976. If you're old enough, old enough, you remember these movies. It's the same idea. Wow over and over again you have demolition man from 1993 now this movie was pretty interesting where they had microchips in their hands um to basically track them everywhere these these um guys that were dueling and stuff like that so um and and this is where in the 20th century cybernetics um ter- uh there, were, there was a peaceful place in San Angeles and and even police don't know how to handle the violent criminals. But anyway, there's another one. This is a minority report. If you remember Minority Report, this was basically the introduction to where they have a, a what you, what they call pre-crime. And if you look up pre-crime on the internet, look for a real pre-crime. Um, uh, what's, the what's the word? It's a it's a thing that's set up. It's a real thing, but in a movie. They had three psychics in a pool, and what they would do is, they would predict, they would see the crime happening in the future, and then a ball would roll out, telling the the the, the cops of that of that time in 2054 where the, the murder would happen, and they would stop the crime before it would happen. So the person was guilty before proven in it, or you know, they're you know they they basically guilty basically before they, they committed yeah. the crime. So yeah, before they committed the crime. That 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 thing, that pre-crime model exists today. However, I'm not sure how it works. I know it has to do with computers. And, and they have a TV show coming out. I just saw the trailer like two days ago uh, of a TV show coming out called Minority Report, built off of the original motion picture. So I'm just showing you just, you know, this, this is nothing new. Same thing, same idea. Man want to build its own community, but they have these little itty bitty stories between. You have another one called Gattaca in 1997. I never saw that one, so I won't talk about it. Um, there's another one called In Time in 2011. Um, same thing. Basically, same idea. It's built off of Gattaca, so I'm going to skip it again, skip this one. Um, and then you have what's called The Host. It's, it's, this one, it's actually built off of um, the religion of um, oh, what's the people? That, um Mormons sorry Mormons and if you know the the, the whole story by more it's a lot of sci-fi in there and these alien things come down and and, and they basically take over the world and 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 get yourself inside of humanity and they they these these, are, these little soul things inside of humanity and they control the whole planet and so basically turns it into this dystopian world wow. again and the, the the stores have no advertisement it's not like I can't I don't want to call any right now but you'll see on the story you'll see big old sign store or uh, grass or whatever N- nothing special right? And, and the whole world is basically generic there's more to the story than that but it's the same idea again and then you have her in 2013 and this is basically we had a, about an AI remember we talked about the AI the, the, the language barriers and all this stuff well this AI um, speaks to a man and the man falls in love with the computer and we know, we don't want to get into a couple of details about the stuff that's going on on the Internet, but people are already doing that. The man married his laptop the other day. What does, this all, what does this all have to do with what we're talking about tonight? It has everything to do with it. Because these are the things that will be going on within this new structure. Man will be able to do utopia, what it wants to do. Utopia. You have Truman Show in 1998, which is basically built off of um, narcissism. I can go on and on. In fact, that's the last one. But just to that's just a, a preface, just to show you, you know, man is just c- corrupt and wants to do his own thing and wants to build his own heaven on earth, <laughs> where, where, where they become gods and where they where, 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 where they call the shots. God is strictly taken out. If you if you ever watched Star Trek before, you notice that God was never included because God kind of, it's like he doesn't have a space to exist within science fiction because most of the science fiction writers were God haters. So what they did was interject alien races or alien godlike beings that can travel from time and space from anywhere and interact with man, but they would never respect man. You're going back to some of the Greek gods and stuff like that, you know, built on, wow. on those ideas. Well
6: wow. wow, well, you know, um thank you for sharing all of those um things and the, the clips from the movie. I I didn't even come to the understanding that um this was being um I know it was being taught, but not on such a level where this has been going on from the early twenties. Twenties and thirties that mm-hmm. they're looking for this utopia, some even call it Atlantis. Yes. Um Um, this utopia, but the utopia that um, and I wouldn't call it utopia, I call it heaven. There's a a heaven that God has set apart for those who serve him and men in all their doings will not find that, you know. Um, Whatever it is that they're building, they won't find it. I um, came across an old movie that I have a, a clip from that um, we talked about what the Word of God said about um, Jesus Christ being the cornerstone. Mm. That, that's the only way that you can be saved. It, if if he, That's the only way that a person can be saved is by that cornerstone. Now, one of the things that I have come across is that in this building, most of the the uh, are in building the cornerstone. Like I said to you earlier, it's very crucial. It's critical. In the building. It's critical in the building of the kingdom of God, and that is why none of us, I, anyone, Chris, or anyone else, any man on the face of this earth, cannot or will not have the say so in the kingdom of God unless he comes to know who Jesus Christ is, or him or herself. Now, what I found to be very um, intriguing was that men have come up with their own ceremonies that they have done, and they have they, they have used this or done this here in this country, where they're saying, hey, we are the ones that are putting in the cornerstone. Mm. It's not... Mm coming from God, we are the ones that are putting this thing together. We are the builders. Mm-hmm. We are the ones that are going to build. Yes. And and God is the one, he says, He God is the builder. And the the stone that was rejected was rejected by him. And he had to turn his back on his son, Jesus Christ, to judge the sin, which I told you, that we can be saved. But I'm going to just play a clip for everyone to hear what men are doing and you will just see for yourself. Um, this is from a, a, a movie you can find online. It's called Riddles in the Stone. Riddles in Stone. Or in Stone, sorry.
10: Three reenacting the laying of the cornerstone for the United States Capitol on the 200th anniversary of the event.
8: Know all of you who hear me, we proclaim ourselves free and lawful Masons, true to the laws of our country, professing to revere God and to confer benefits upon mankind. This is the ceremony in which Senator Strom Thurmond,
10: himself a 33rd degree Mason, took part.
8: Senator Thurmond, we would like you to join in this.
10: Since the William Morgan Incident in 1826, when Americans uncovered a secret cabal working inside the government, the presence of masonry in places of power has always sparked debate. But their influence in American government is undeniable.
8: This is the same Bible upon which Presidents Clinton, Bush, Carter, and George Washington were inaugurated presidents.
10: Of America's 43 presidents, at least 15 are confirmed Masons, though some say the number is even greater. In addition to the Capitol, the Freemasons have laid the cornerstone for every major building in Washington, D.C.
8: The cornerstones of the President's House, known to us as the White House, the Washington Monument, the Smithsonian Independence Hall in Philadelphia, incidentally, by past Grand Master Benjamin Franklin, and Constitution Hall stand out, among many others, as outstanding examples of cornerstones which have been laid masonically. The cornerstone of the United States Capitol, however, stands out above all buildings erected in the free world as the seat of government for our people. This bronze plaque, located
10: inside the U.S. Capitol, marks the spot where the original cornerstone was laid by George Washington, the first American president and a Freemason. George,
7: So do you have it?
6: I think um, that was a mouthful. So we have men that have gone around And they're laying cornerstones on certain buildings. Buildings that are at the seat of power. Mm -hmm. And don't know what the influences are. Don't know, um, sorry, don't know what the influences are. And I'm not even going to speculate. But here is what I can tell you is that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. And again, we're not just talking about buildings in a country or buildings around the world. We're not talking about them working together with the Lord to do what he is called to do, what he has been called to do, or his work. But they're doing something that's totally different. And you know how that's true? Because they can't call on the name of Jesus Christ. Remember I said to you before, I said that Jesus Christ said he is the way. And people will use the term God because it's okay. But once you get on, in close and you say, Jesus, it becomes, be it becomes a problem. It becomes. And so... We see that throughout our history, in this particular country, and in other countries around the world, we see that men are using these things that God has taught us in the Bible about his son. And they are using it for other reasons or to do other things. In, in building. And there's it, it goes on and it goes deeper. we 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 see in that particular ceremony that you're not able to see, they did something that was unusual. They used the wine. They got wine, oil, and corn, and they mixed it together. If you go back and you look in the Old Testament, I think it's in the book of Hosea, yeah. you will see that this is what they were offering to Baal. So this was a form of Baal worship, mm-hmm. and you see that being done here in our country today, and this, was, this is old. This was, this was an old ceremony from, um, from like 1993, but they do the same thing in churches. They do the same thing in other buildings around the world. And people are thinking that this is honoring
7: our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And just to go into this uh, cornerstone thing, um, into the realm of entertainment, I watched the movie uh, Avengers Age of Ultron the other day. So this this is about this AI that's built by um, the Iron Man, uh, Tony Stark. And so he's trying to create something good. He already has one called Jarvis. Jarvis is the one he uses in the suit, so he took Jarvis out of the suit and has this other one, and he wants to kind of uh, come up with a, like a, a super Jarvis in a sense. So, um, as the movie goes out, uh, this AI that, that 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 he has, it, it kind of like overcomes the other AI, and it starts feeding and and becoming self. It, it's self-aware, and so. Hang on with me for a second. <laughs> so it becomes self aware and throughout the movie is causing it's causing um problems. So is it, there's a midpoint mid in the movie where he it's trying to build a new body for itself. And so when it gets the material for the body, it says, On this stone I will build my church. On <laughs> I will build my church. this it's quoting the Bible. I, and I know human beings wrote this, so I know it's not the AI. And you know, I, there's a, there's a spiritual influence in all of this, but that's not that's not it. That's not the only, only thing. Mm-hmm. It goes on in the movie, wow. and what happens is Tony Stark and um, the guy Bruce Banner, who plays who is the Incredible Hulk, um, get together to make a uh, AI that will, you know, go against this 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 monster that's that's out there. Causing trouble, and so there's an artificial body that's made to host the the Ultron guy, the the Ultron AI, and they they got it from him, and so they try to make out of this um what they call a mind gem in, 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 in this Infinity Stone. That's a whole another story. Let me get to it.
11: Infinity Stone. Huh? Yes.
7: That's a- oh yeah, the Infinity Stones. Anyway, so. they accidentally kind of merge these two um, AIs together and out jumps um, this figure. um, He's called Vision. And everybody's afraid of him, like, what is he going to do? Is he going to be like Ultron? Is he going to be like Jarvis? We don't know. And anyway, a little small battle ensues, and then he turns around, they they ask him questions, and he says, you know, I'm not Jarvis. I'm not Ultron. Uh, I am.
6: I... And these things are taken from the Bible, and they're being used. And you see people, <laughs> the Word of God says, for lack of knowledge, people perish. And they're using these maybe sayings, quotes, whatever mm-hmm. it is, out of the Word of God mm-hmm. to do things that are totally the game's got totally demonic. which is and, not
7: even right. And and, and here's, a, here's a, a, another interesting part of the movie. By the end of the movie, Ultron is basically defeated but not destroyed. So the Vision, he, at the end of the movie, has a chat with Ultron, and basically he's more powerful than him now, and he just destroys him. So he becomes the better AI, the one that will eventually mate with a human. It goes back to the same concept we talked about a couple of minutes ago. Wow. So these ideas are all in entertainment and in these rituals. And th- this is real, people. This is real. Okay? And our kids and our teenagers, our young adults, and grown men and women are being introduced to these godlike.
6: And some are participating yeah, also.
7: And they're partic- participating. And so to these, god, to these godlike, um, we'll have a, we'll have a special show on on comic book characters and all this. Um, but most of them are god figures. You hear them talk about this even in the movies. So, what's the point? Why did I bring that up? The cornerstone, the cornerstone. On this rock, I will build my church. So that both of those figures, to me, in my opinion, were like antichrist figures.
6: Because they don't honor god
7: and we and we talked um last week about you know some of the holograms and all people bow down and worship the beast and all those other things, and that's just another um indoctrination into i mean everything we're talking about tonight it it's it basically going straight to the same center point. right
11: these are these are these guys are
6: uh they're oh. out to they're out to do this this um this like we talked about the New World Order. They're doing their thing and the, the all seeing eye that's above it is going to be able and we saw this in the um Argus? No, well we're gonna we're gonna play that clip now coming up I, we we're we're getting short on time. But we're gonna talk about Argus. But in this movie I, I someone was telling me that um when they were looking for someone mm-hmm. and they couldn't find them, they were able to get images from all um cell phones and mm. and everything to be able to triangulate where the person was. Yeah.
7: And and what's what's sorry not to not to go off of that subject, but to just the, the last point of the Ultra movie yeah. is that the the mind gem was right here in the middle of his forehead. Which
11: signifies the the
7: pineal gland. The pineal, pineal, pineal gland, gland the third eye. I mean come on people <laughs> I mean this, the the symbolism in this movie just I mean not just this movie but it was just because it's fresh you know so going back to the tracking of people and all this other with the cell phones um well we want to talk about Argus we want to play the clip again for um those that didn't catch it last week and just to go back into mythology Argus is uh, a Greek god um, he was he was put to um, look over a certain other god. That Zeus is blah blah blah, right? And so <laughs> <laughs> that
6: Zeus is blah blah, but he, so, he, so he was put to watch over. He watch was, over. Watch over. Yeah,
7: and he had a hundred eyes. And then the the, the the god Hermes, or some might know him as Flash, came and, and and slew him. But that's not the important part. The important part is they name this new technology, this satellite or drone, called Argus, which has many many eyes that could see and and catch um um a whole, a whole map and just by in real time people in real time they can zoom in and see exactly what you're doing from any part of the stand area or a photographed area or videotape area and they take in oh my god gigaf gigaflops of information. I, I don't is even there, know is there such a word I don't even know if gigaflops is the actual measurement. I think it's a higher measurement the digital flops wow. it it's it's so much information getting um so, downloaded at one time it, it, it they, they then the person can just pick out a video real time and high definition if anybody if you know about technology high definition vision video is hard to stream they have the technology to do this in real time and this is going on with the all z and i so we're gonna play the artist clip. And One just, more time for those and, that and, missed
6: and, it. And, and the, this clip that we're playing is actually very
7: old. It's, it, this, is, this is years ago. This is old. Yeah, this is... Uh, just, <laughs> I hope you guys understand. This is real.
12: So check this out. Predator drone, you're familiar with these. They've been in use since 2001. There's one on display at the National Air and Science Museum, so they're already kind of a part of American history. Massive expansion of that program. But as Bruce mentioned just a minute ago, uh, the scientists from DARPA has been experimenting with different ways to modify these. There's all sorts of new, weird versions of drones that will be coming out in the near future. One of them is called Argus, and what they've done is they've taken 368 of those cell phone cameras, the camera the 5 or 10 megapixel camera that's on your cell phone today, And they've assembled those into sort of a beach ball shape uh, uh, mounting, and they can put that at the front of one of these drones. And this Argus program then allows that drone to hover over a particular place and record everything that's happening on the ground. Now, the device itself, the the drone itself, has literally millions of terabytes of storage on board, but they're also streaming that data out down to the ground. So in real time, someone who's back at the base station can see an image kind of like this, that's a composite image of all those different eyes in the sky, and they can start to see what's happening on the ground. But what's even more troubling, because of the degree of accuracy of those cameras, is that they can zoom in. And they can actually, today, get to a level of detail that allows them to see, from 14,000 feet in the air, a six-inch long object. They can also, using gait analysis technology, face recognition, some of the other technologies you mentioned, they can actually start to identify the people on the ground. Today, these technologies are being used in Afghanistan to to fight the war there. Tomorrow, those drones will be in the United States. Today, we've developed sensors that can watch
4: with an all-seeing eye and see an area about the size of a small city,
8: all at one time.
2: What's, What's coming next? Right, they're going to get better at resolution, right. be able to be able to read documents, be able to better identify faces. And once you identify faces, I mean, you have a lot of good public face databases. Facebook yes. has a phenomenal database of tagged photos.
12: Thanks to your friends who tagged you, you'll Even now be identified if, by the drone right. in the sky.
2: My expectation is that there will be drones everywhere 24-7. I mean, it's not going to make sense... For companies to fly their own drone fleets, there's going to be, you know, drones over America Inc. and they'll have drones everywhere. And you know, like Google
12: Street View, it'll be drone sky view real time. And, and you just rent time on it. You get right. what you want, like a backbone internet provider. You just lease capacity on the drone.
3: Because, it,
2: because that, so that's,
12: financed, that's <laughs> surveillance smart, for hire. <laughs> but that's a smart way to do it.
2: Are you ready? You have that now with satellites. So it's all the data being collected and overlaid with other data. So we can identify people. We can collect it, market it with databases. uh, We can uh, collect, integrate it with cell phone data, which, as you mentioned, is location data, also data about who you're interacting with. And now, whether you're a government or a corporation, you can collect. People who aren't your customers,
12: for everybody, a lot of data about them. What are they actually aiming for? They're not going for well, people who are in the process of conducting some sort of terrorist incident or building a bomb or something. They're targeting people who are at home. They're targeting people who are at a celebration, a wedding party or something. People who aren't actually doing anything necessarily. Criminals, the intent, the possibility, as you say, they're targeting them based on behavior in some measure That's of right. prediction. Well, so there, I mean, they're a moderately higher bar for American citizens. This is a
0: the strict uh, standard, right, is they have to be uh, an imminent threat and capture is infeasible, except imminent, it turns out, doesn't really mean imminent, because there doesn't have to be any kind of particular plot uh, that they know is ongoing, so imminent means something other than imminent. Uh, And capture being infeasible means, I I mean, I think basically it it would be easier to kill them. Right,
2: inconvenient, I think, rather than
0: feasible. Um, Now, if, if you had the bad taste to be born somewhere other than the United States, Um, You know, you don't even get that level of protection. Uh, Again, most of the drone strikes that are happening now are so-called signature strikes, meaning it's not there's a particular person who's targeted, but, uh, you know, five 20-year-old, you know, Arab males are congregated somewhere, uh, and, well, that's either a terrorist plot or a wedding, but better be safe than
12: sorry.
7: That's part of what's going on. And we have another clip to show you, uh, to play for you. And is it ready? Ready, ready, ready. All right, here we go. This is the next generation of surveillance. For the
9: first time, we actually have permission from the government to show the basic capabilities. It is
1: important for the public to know
9: that some of these capabilities exist. Engineer Giannis Antignatis.
1: Designed the new sensor known as Argus. With 1.8 billion pixels, it's the world's highest resolution camera. Argus fits inside this pod that attaches to the belly of a UAV. But because much of the work is classified, we can't see the sensor itself.
9: Because we are not allowed to. area persistent stare, Argus,
1: is the equivalent of having up to a 100 predators look at an area the size of a medium-sized city at once. This image was taken 17,500 feet above Quantico, Virginia, and covers 15 square miles.
9: This whole image is at a very, very fine resolution. So if we wanted to know what is going on in any spot along this image, say near this
1: a day, which is the equivalent of 5,000 hours of high-definition footage.
9: So you can go back and say, I would like to see what happened at this particular location three days, two hours, four minutes ago, and it would actually show you exactly what happened as if you were watching it
1: live. To create the world's highest-definition camera, Anton Yates needed to design a new image
9: 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's not very easily achievable with manned platforms. This is where UAVs come in, and they're absolutely the perfect platform.
1: Argus may be mounted on an armed UAV like the Predator, a long-range platform like the giant global Hawk or a development craft called the Solar Eagle that may someday stay aloft for years at a time. The U.S. Air Force right now has the ability to archive every single video that comes off of every single UAV. We're
0: moving to an increasingly electronic society where our movements are going to be tracked. All
7: right. There it is. Well, um, the all 9 The all alt and that's what it is. And that's not even the only um all CNI evidence that we have and we'll be bringing more evidence for you. And we just want to say that you know do your research and if you're if you're out there and and your heart doesn't belong to Jesus this is the time this is the time to accept the the one and true God
6: because the world is changing. The world as we know it is changing and the what I would say is that
7: get right Get right with God, and you know some. Get right people, with your God, with God. You know some people. You know they say, um, "Why do you have to bring religion into this? This is not. A, it's not just about religion. This is about a personal relationship with Amen. your Creator, Jesus Christ." Christ. Amen.
6: Amen. Amen. I just want to say thank you to everyone, and I hope you uh, enjoy the show tonight. I pray that you would uh, seek out God for yourself. And I'm just going to pray and then uh, sign off. Lord God, we just want to thank you and praise you for tonight. We ask you to bless the listening ear, oh Lord God, that they will come to an understanding of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. What are we going to do as a church? Our souls
4: need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world.
5: We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality even though we've been saved from this place. I'm
6: calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon.
5: If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People, stop and think about it. If hell really this, and it does, I didn't
1: say that Jesus did. Then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting
8: chance? Are you just going to
1: sit there and let them burn?